0: Hi everyone, this is Dr. Tammy Nemeth, host of the Nemeth Report podcast. Welcome to a Nemeth Report special. I've written a new report about an extremely important issue that will have profound implications for every business in Canada, and that is the new proposed Global Baseline Sustainability and Climate-Related Financial Disclosure Standard, developed by the International Financial Reporting Standards Foundation, or IFRS it'll be administered by the newly created International Sustainability Standards Board or ISSB that came out of COP26 in Glasgow last year as part of the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero or GFANS. That's a lot of acronyms. Canada has signaled that it will adopt this standard and make it mandatory. Canada even lobbied for and got an ISSB office in Montreal. The new proposed standard is like ESG on steroids and is designed to be used by banks, insurers and investors, supposedly in order to weed out companies not committed to absolute zero emissions and deny them financing. Why does the world need this new standard when companies already provide ESG reports? Now various groups have lobbied for a consolidation of standards into one so that so-called greenwashing can be prevented. However. It's not the reporting of ESG-related information that can lead to problems, it's the interpretation and ranking of that reporting. This new standard will actually do little to affect how the information is interpreted or ranked, so it won't be much help for the greenwashing issue. Although this standard is in its draft stage, it will very likely be implemented by Canada in the very near future. What's really important right now is that this standard is currently open for comment until July 29th. All companies affected by this type of financial disclosure, and there are 68 different industries identified by the IFRS that will have to comply with this new standard, they all have an opportunity now to have a say. In this podcast special, I'm going to read out the executive summary of my new report, Counting Carbon Molecules, so you can get a sense of what this standard really is and some of the implications to how hydrocarbons will be funded in the future. So, Counting Carbon Molecules Executive Summary. At every level of government, the Canadian bureaucracy is deeply committed to meeting its 2030 net zero goals at all costs, and as such is set to adopt the forthcoming IFRS Sustainability Disclosure Standard which is currently in draft format and open for feedback. The IFRS Sustainability Disclosure Standard consists of the following draft documents. The IFRS S1 General Requirements for Disclosure of Sustainability-related financial information, IFRS S2 Climate-related disclosures, and S2 Appendix B industry-based disclosure requirements. The stated purpose of creating a new global baseline for sustainability and climate-related disclosure is to fight greenwashing by bringing sustainability into all accounting, and thus the whole economy. Underwritten by the principles of stakeholder capitalism and championed by the Big Four accounting firms, the proposed standards are purported to be simple, applicable to every entity in line with the UN Sustainable Development Goals, and legally enforceable. The goal is accuracy, verifiability, and comparability, creating a single gauge by which consumers, investors, insurers, bondholders, lenders, and others can compare entities and hold them accountable for their carbon behavior. There are four areas that comprise the core content of this new disclosure standard, governance, strategy, risk management, and metrics and targets. There are several issues within each of these areas, especially for hydrocarbon companies. For example, number one, they demand that duplication be avoided, yet insist at times that other standards and requirements be considered. Number two, there are contradictory statements, mixed messages, and vague terms. Number three, there are serious problems with mandating scenario analysis, such as its evolving applicability to climate as well as cost. Number four, by insisting on the disclosure of all gross Scope 1, Scope 2, and Scope 3 emissions, any industries that manufacture any kind of product or produce, or produce, handle, or utilize hydrocarbons in any way are targeted and likely penalized. Scope 3 emissions reporting is not only notoriously difficult to quantify, it also leads to a duplication in accounting, such that emissions are counted several times over and are not an accurate representation of climate risk. Number 5. Entities could be made financially liable for any perceived misstatement on emissions, future scenarios, future global developments, and future weather events the behaviors and actions of those who use an entity's products and reputational damage from controversies. Number 6. By focusing on gross carbon emissions and emissions intensity and offering no place to quantitatively account for net emissions, the standards preclude the possibility that a company employs technology that actually reduces its carbon emissions and discriminate against companies that have more emissions than others. Number 7. Under risk assessment, hydrocarbon companies must estimate and account for the cost of early asset retirement under varying policy scenarios. There is no specific provision for asset end-of-life retirement disposal calculations for solar, wind or battery technology manufacturers or project developers. Number 8. Given recent geopolitical developments with respect to the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the subsequent sanctions against Russian oil and natural gas, Energy security is a stunning omission within the draft disclosures. The deadline for submitting feedback on drafts of the IFRS Sustainability Disclosure Standard is July 29, 2022, and all feedback is being published on the IFRS website for public viewing. Once the IFRS Sustainability Disclosure Standard is enforceable, the finances and operations of hydrocarbon companies and any industry that utilizes hydrocarbons will be seriously compromised to the point of extinction. Every Canadian hydrocarbon company should respond to and provide feedback on the drafts by the deadline. Wow, that's a lot of quasi-technical stuff. It might help to understand if I can define a few things and put it into some context. First, what are the different types of emissions and why is Scope 3 bad? Around the time of the Kyoto Protocol in 1997, environmental activists with their corporate enablers developed three scopes of emissions. Scope 1 emissions are those produced directly by a company. Scope 2 are indirect emissions produced from purchased or acquired energy used by a company. So if a company gets their power or heating from a public utility, that would be counted as Scope 2. And most significantly, Scope 3. Scope 3 are all indirect emissions that can be linked to an entity across its entire value chain. In reporting its Scope 3 emissions, a company must account for the emissions from 15 different areas. These are purchased goods and services, things they buy and use, capital goods, fuel and energy related activities not included in Scope 1 or Scope 2, upstream transportation and distribution, waste generated in operations, business travel, employee commuting, Upstream leased assets, downstream transportation and distribution, so the delivery trucks from Amazon delivering their product, processing of sold products, the use of sold products, and end-of-life treatment of sold products, downstream leased assets, franchises, and investments. Imagine a company having to account for how its sold products are used and disposed of. But this is what the standard wants to make mandatory for the global economy. How would you even account for that? How would you even track it? The second issue is, what are scenario analyses? Well, for the most part, these are computer simulations to predict what could plausibly happen in Canada and the world between now and 2050, using inputs ranging from potential future emissions to weather changes based on IPCC assessments, that's the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, to potential government policy directions, and how it all will affect a business's strategy and bottom line. Talk about crystal ball gazing. Since all of this information is tied to the financial reporting of a company, with all of the legalities associated with that, a potential unforeseen outcome is that a business could be made financially liable for any perceived misstatement about emissions, future economic developments, weather, and the behaviour and actions of those who use its products. Through the demonization of CO2 emissions, the finances and operations of hydrocarbon companies and any industry that has any emissions at all will be seriously compromised to the point of extinction, which is why it's imperative that Canadian hydrocarbon companies and any company affected submit feedback to the IFRS before the comment cycle closes on July 29, 2022. For more information, please read my recent op-ed in the Financial Post, Net Zero, New Standards Aim for Absolute Zero Emissions, and my new report, Counting Carbon Molecules. The report can be read or downloaded at my podcast website, thenemethreport.com. So please have a look at it and share it so that you can be better informed about what's coming.